燃え上がれガンダムガンダムの special bonus podcast brought to you by the folks at the Weekly Stuff Podcast. I am Sean Chapman. And I'm Jonathan Lack. And we are here once again to talk about the wild and wacky world of Gundam, a very special episode、uh, this week for you guys. We are giving you a clip、uh, from our 10th anniversary podcast from the Weekly Stuff Podcast that recently celebrated its 10th anniversary. And we talked about a bunch of important topics that we've covered over the years for that podcast. And one of them, of course, had to be Gundam. And we picked a very, very special little subsection of Gundam to talk about that I think everyone will be excited for. Yes.、Uh, on today's show, you will hear us talking about Mobile Suit SD Gundam. Long awaited, much anticipated. We finally get into the world of SD Gundam. We're talking about the theatrical shorts. But we also have another surprise for you at the end. I guess we, we won't spoil it, but there's a Gundam video game we've never looked at. And we look at it, and it's fun. Yeah, so it's, it's,、uh, I think it's a great, great episode.、Um, and so if you haven't listened to it from our 10th Anniversary Weekly Stuff podcast,、uh, I think you guys will really enjoy it. I'm glad to have it in the Weekly Suit Gundam feed. And we will be back next week with a brand new Weekly Suit Gundam where we will be reviewing Mobile Suit Gundam Kukuru's Doan's Island, the movie. Yes, so very excited. Good Weekly Suit Gundam stuff ahead for everybody. And enjoy. So, for our Weekly Suit Gundam section of our 10th anniversary, we are going to dive into the wacky and very weird world of Mobile Suit SD Gundam. The, the- <gasps> SD Gundam? Yes, the, the untamed wilderness that is SD Gundam. <laughs>、um, but we're not going to watch or, you know, any of like, the weird kid shows or like, that like, Toonami show that was like, partly funded by Cartoon Network and all that weird shit.、Um, we are going to the source, the tap, the, where, where SD Gundam was wrought in the fires of, of Mount Sunrise,、um, which is these weird shorts that were theatrical shorts and then also OVAs made in the late 80s and early 90s. Um, that were called the Mobile Suit SD Gundam shows. So we're doing not all of them because there are a lot of them, and some of them have like nothing to do with like major Gundam stuff.、Um, so we're skipping all the ones that are like Musha Gundam and all that weird shit. And I basically put together a selection of shorts for you to watch, Jonathan, that were from the ones that use the characters and things from the original shows, like basically through Char's Counterattack and War in the Pocket. Um, and use those in their kind of weird little SD skits. And so we'll be talking about Mobile Suit SD Gundam Mark I,、um, Mark II, 
We'll be talking about the first episode of SD Gundam Counterattack, um, which is the Storm Calling School Festival episode, because the other episode of Gun SD Gundam's Counterattack is a Musha Gundam one, which is boring. Um, and then we'll also be talking about SD Gundam Mark IV, including the uh, Wacky Races episode, which does not exist um, in any format other than the original VHS in which it was released and obviously pirated online because it is just a ripoff of uh, the Wacky Races Hanna Barbera cartoon. Um, but that is it's also terrible, and at. you shouldn't watch it because it's really <laughs> bad. Yeah. <laughs> but... <laughs> so, and for people who don't know anything about SD Gundam, is is it's SD stands for Super Deformed Gundam. So it's just like really tiny, the weird little tiny Gundam things. Um, and we've seen them in places with like Build Fighters, Try, and Build Divers and stuff. But um, and and nowadays SD Gundam mostly exists as a like kids oriented Gundam franchise. But where it started was like a lot of like weirdly horny late 80s bad comedy shorts basically with like a couple of ones that i think are like i like but mostly these are weird and things that probably time should have forgotten but i would racked my brain hard for what could we do for gundam on the 10th anniversary episode i'm like well jonathan hasn't seen these fucking things well, this is a miniature Gundam segment. We only have an hour. Obviously, we talk about Gundam for more than an hour when we usually talk about Gundam. Mm -hmm. And these are miniature Gundams. They're small Gundams. They're super deformed Gundams. So I think it fits here perfectly, Sean. And I will say, I had a better time with these than I expected to. They are not fully my cup of tea. I think there are a couple that are genuinely pretty inspired. The first one ever is very good. It's The first one is basically just a retelling of Gundam 79 with wacky SD skits, and it's funny. The uh, one of the ones from Mark IV, the uh, uh, the space travel one. No, Mark IV. Both of those are terrible. Uh, no, it's SD Gundam's Counterattack. I actually think yes. if I were going to recommend any one of these, that's the one I would recommend. But there's some good stuff. You have Toru Furia and Shuichi Ikeda in most of these, and they are very entertaining because they are both comedic actors as well as great dramatic actors. Uh, sometimes there's some fun animation. They are an interesting corner of the universe. I don't know if you need to watch them yourselves, but I think you will have fun listening to us describe them to you. Yes. If you do want to watch them, they are actually much easier to find now than they were when I originally watched these like five or six years ago, because over the past year or two, someone has uploaded them to the internet archive with fan uh, English subtitles. So if you just Google SD Gundam Mark I Internet Archive that will like pop up for you. So if you do want to watch these, you can watch them in actually quite good quality. Um, the original versions that I watched were are were just like rips of old VHS tapes that have been passed down through the annals of the most hardcore of English language Gundam fans. Because while these have been released in VHS form, uh, DVD form, and then Blu-rays in Japan, they have never had an official English language release. Um, and it's only in the past couple of years that there have been good quality versions of them available, even on, on the high seas of the pirated internet. So um, you can watch these if you want. But as Jonathan just said, like, don't don't expect much if you do go to watch them. Like, there's a couple <laughs> of funny bits here and there. Um, and again, I picked up the highlights. <laughs> I, I yes. cut out the ones that are like the, like, this is just a bunch of samurai Zaku's doing nothing. Um, which is kind of what all the Mushin Gundam ones are, so. Yes. Isn't there an entire SD Gundam series based on Romance of the Three Kingdoms? And I say there based is. on very loosely. Yes, yeah. That's that's one of the, the recent ones that is like a whole kids TV show, but it is like characters from Romance of the Three Kingdoms. And we're doing that next month, right? On the show? We're doing the whole thing? Please don't make me watch it. 
<laughs> we won't. We're not doing that. No, but we can talk about these because they at least are tangentially related, and sometimes more than tangentially related, to the mainline Gundam we have been reviewing. So, Sean, do you just want to go in order and talk about each, like, set of these? Yes. I think some of them don't have, honestly, much to say about them. But Mark One, I think, is probably... I think overall probably Mark One is the strongest of them, especially if you consider that like there's a second episode to Gundam SD Gundam's counterattack that I cut out that's really boring. Um, yeah, I I tend to like all three of the Mark One ones decently. My favorite one of the whole set of all the SD Gundam ones is actually the episode two of Mark One, which is the one where they're all running the hotels. Um, I think that yes. that's probably for me easily the best and most consistently funny of all of them. Um, because I think uh, Mark 1, Episode 1, which is what you sort of alluded to, which sort of tells bits and pieces over the course of the original Gundam show, has some funny bits, but is very kind of flop-sweaty to me, of like, it's very, like, we gotta just tell as many jokes as possible, and the third one, which is the Olympics one, is very standard in the kind of the jokes it does, and the Hotel one is the only one that's like, oh, there are some, like, decent Gundam references, and this isn't just, like, a Gundam or like a like comedy short setup. I have seen like 50 other shows like let's do a sports tournament thing. Um, the hotel structure, I think, actually works quite well for that one. Yeah, I, I think I agree with that for Mark One. Uh, let me quickly recap which ones we're talking about. So Mark One has three episodes. Fierce Fighting, Will Gundam Stand Up? Which is what Sean was just saying, where you kind of get a lot of beats from the original Gundam, but SDified. Part two is Day Off, Menace of the Xeon Hotel, Destruction Orders for the Gundam Pension. Then you have, which is not about pensions like the Gundam retired after 30 years on the beat. It's a word for a little like apartment like uh, thing in Japan. Yes, like um, a resort hotel basically. Yes. And then part three, Final Arena, SD Olympics, the stadium saturated with laughs. I, a little bit of farce, false marketing. I would not say I was saturated with laughs watching no. this one. But there's a couple of good moments. I definitely think... So the first one actually has my favorite joke in any of these, which is the recurring thing of the Gundam with Toru Furia's voice to trying to do the eye catch and failing mm -hmm. and yelling, eye catchy! And I will probably be sprinkling those throughout this episode because I put eye catches in here to begin with, so I'm going to have to use them here. Uh, and they're very fun. Um, but overall, as you say, it's a little thin because with part two, and I do think that Gundam Pension one is very good, you get a bunch of characters, and I think part of it is there's enough for them to cut between and enough fun voices, because they get all of the voice actors in here, mm -hmm. um, that there's a lot to enjoy. And I think the main plot of there being a bunch of girls wanting to come to the Gundam pensions, and Judo, Camille, and Amuro all run different ones based on their different Gundam helmets, and then Char has a really nice hotel that no one is coming to, so he gets jealous and orders a raid, that is fun. That is definitely worth 10 minutes of yucks. Yeah, like that one I think just has the most consistent jokes. I think probably my favorite joke in the whole thing, I think there's two jokes that, that uh, the the hotel episode has that are my favorites in all the SD Gundam ones. Um, one is all the girls go to Camille's because he's got his weird starry eyes he has in all of these that is like a very like we'll dark joke. Extremely, we have to talk about that, yeah. Yeah, it's a reference to what happens to the end of Zeta Gundam. But after that happens, uh, Amuro breaks down and he goes, Matilda-san! And then Matilda-san yes. drives up and he sees her and like, oh, it's Matilda! And then from behind her, just sort of cocked out at a 45 degree angle, would he hear her husband or like fiance <laughs> from the original show shows up? And he just goes, Woody, this, like, I'm Woody. <laughs> and that's all he says for the whole thing. And it's constantly like Amro, like, wanting to get with Matilda. And then Woody just pops up and says, Woody, this. Um, 
and that is an incredible joke and my other favorite joke it's the stupidest fucking joke but i love it so much um it is the only one i actually remembered from these at all from when i watched them like four or five years ago is can i guess yeah, can i go, guess what it yeah. is for you is it Lala in the pool saying, yes. I can see the time, and then yes. cutting to a clock? Yes. Okay. It's, the, it's the best constructed joke because it's a stupid pun that's a reference to the line of her, of like, we can see time from when she dies in the original Gundam. Um, and, but the thing that sells it is the way it's shot of where, like, it's kind of this, like, sort of dull moment where, like, everything has calmed down a little bit. Amuro is on the pool, like, floating on this little floaty thing. Um, like a floating lounge chair thing and then next to him is ghostly Lala then you get this really great panning shot from like right to left that has a nice parallax on on Amro and ghost Lala so that they kind of overlap a little bit and then she says Toki ga mierua which means I can see the time which is her exact line she says um, in the show and then it just cuts to a clock that they're both looking at and it's like 8.30 at night that is the best joke it is so fucking dumb but I love it to death. <laughs> I love it too. It's just, it's perfect. It's such a dumb joke, but it's dumb in a very like clever way. Uh, and I love that they go for it. It's so good. Um, there's a great, there's a lot of great Shuichi Keita line reads. I love at the end of the movie, um, he, uh, Char dresses up like Quattro, builds a new SD Gundam and says, I'll get my revenge in the movie, which is great uh -huh. because these aired before Char's counterattack in yes. theaters. So this was your lead into Char's Counterattack, which does, I feel like we should have watched these when we reviewed Char's Counterattack, because it puts a slightly different spin on the experience of seeing these movies, you know? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it sets you up uh, for, for the movie, I think, exactly. You're like, oh my god, when when is, you know, Judo going to show up with his, like, sister in, like, weird Cinderella hotel or whatever, where it's like, they're, like, it's all destroyed and they're having to clean it up. Um, yeah. Honestly, and there's a bunch of great jokes in this one. I'm looking through my notes. There's a moment where you have Judo looking like like he's fucking Yamcha in Dragon Ball through the window like at all the girls in the baths. Mm -hmm. And then you cut to Char doing the same thing with binoculars, and he's saying the line about how nobody likes to admit the mistakes of their yes. youth. And he's doing that while he's perving on the girls, and then Haman Karn knocks him over. Uh, at the end of the short, you have this great line read from Toru Furia, where you have all the Gundam boys hopefully together, and he says, Now, let's run towards the sunrise! And they all run. There's just, this one has a lot of energy, and I think, like, the jokes keep up over the ten minutes, that it's very fun. Yeah, this is this is the one that 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 people should watch because it's also because they'll say most of these I think a lot of the like are like I find kind of uncomfortably horny, particularly once we move on yes. to like Mark Two and that stuff, um, because Mark One was made by um, it was directed by a guy named Osamu Sekita. All of these were just made by a bunch of Sunrise people, obviously, um, but like this like the Mark One ones. Um, the team that made the Mark I ones didn't make any of the others. And so as soon as you move to Mark II, which is when you get Tetsuro Amino, who wrote and directed most of the rest of them, um, like there's like, I think they're all the kind of like sexual humor gets like very uncomfortable. Like I think we both have a fairly, you know, we're fans of Dragon Ball. We have a fairly high tolerance for some of that stuff. Um, and I think the hotel one and the joke you just pointed out is like the best version of it. Of like, there's like an actual joke there that is more than just like, we're perving on girls it is like yes. taking this line from the original show and using it in like a humorous context like that joke just lands well um whereas in the later ones it's just like god these are fucking horny as shit for no apparent reason at all um 
but like the Mark yeah. One ones, I think it, it, it is not a problem there for me. So before we move on, uh, and maybe we can talk about if there's any other favorite jokes from these first three, but uh, the joke, it is so dark, the joke with Camille uh-huh. through all of SD Gundam, that he is not Camille from like the height of his powers in Zeta. It is from his, he has like had his brain blown out by Shiriko and his eyes are starry and in a lot of them he can't even talk and he's just completely a vegetable. I it's it kind of shocked me when they first did it and then it is consistent through everything you showed me here Sean mm-hmm. and I think that's kind of fucking amazing that they had that they just stuck with that the whole time it's so weird yeah I think the the I like the way the hotel what uses it of where all the girls look into his eyes and like we can see the stars and there's this weird kind of like trippy sequence using his eyes um yes yeah. but it's yeah it's generally just like a very dark joke to use and then like inexplicably when they move to using him in mark two and on and all the tested amino directed ones he also gets nya as his gobi or like as like the thing he says <laughs> right. at the end of his sentences and he's like cat-like which is confusing <laughs> i don't i have no idea where that comes from um but but yes i think it, it is a dark joke that i think that these first ones use in a way that i find fairly funny yeah uh, other things I like in these early episodes, the SD Olympics one I think is is okay, but the one thing I do love about it is that you have a whole series of interactions between Judo and Shar who are announcing the different events, uh-huh. yeah. and so you get Kazuki Yao and Shuichi Ikeda working together, which they never did in Gundam because Shar is not in Double Zeta. It's also fun, just I think Kazuki Yao is great through all of these yes. because in Double Zeta, he's doing a much more sober performance than you typically get from him. And in these SD shorts, you get much more like, oh, right, this is the guy who does Frankie in One Piece or pick your other weird Kazuki Yao character because he voices these. He's such a funny actor. And he gets, I think he's the highlight of a lot of the later ones, I have to say for me, because his voice is just, like, he's like a man's eye comedian. He is so perfect for this kind of thing, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think in general, like, the the voice acting elevates these a lot. I mean, it's one of the main reasons why I had the idea to do these is because all the original yeah. cast are here. And so I knew, like, hey, even in the ones that are kind of weird or gross and stuff, um, at least you're getting more material of these actors from the time when they played these characters. And it's, like, one of the few chunks of that that, like, I that you have not been exposed to yet. So I knew that, like, that's one of the things that's just fun about it as a Gundam fan. Yeah. Uh, you even here's a little uh, tip. There's one line with Dozel Zabi in episode mm-hmm. th- in part three, and he is voiced by Daisuke Gori. Gori did him on the TV show. Tesho Genda did him in the movies. But this is another one where we get Daisuke Gori doing the voice briefly again, and I did have fun with that because I always love hearing Mr. Daisuke Gori, one of the all-time greats. Yes, I, yeah. I agree. Like just getting all the actors is great. I touch. <laughs> But, yeah. but let's move on because I don't want to spend too much time on, on these. <laughs> so I want to touch all of them because I think there's a lot to say about Mark II, um, yes. but not good things in general. I think Mark so three three episodes for Mark II as well. The first one is crazy. Um, the third one has some decent jokes and has like the most disgusting punchline at the end of it that ruins yes. everything completely. The second one, which is very short, it's just a two-minute sequence of puns based on Gundam episode titles. I like that. I like the puns. It's fantastic. That one's great. Yeah. The puns are good. But we really, I really want to talk about Mark II Part 1 because I think it features the Rolling Colony Affair, the most fraught thing in all of Gundam to me, which is 
this is the horniest of all of these. And the whole yep. plot of the episode is um, a bunch of the characters going into this, like, what is ostensibly a strip show or, like, kind of a cabaret strip kind of show um, that then is eventually revealed to be all the women who have died over the course of the original <laughs> Gundam series as yes. ghosts um, doing a, like, you know, can-can kind of, like, dance routine that's very sexualized and all the male characters leering at them. And it is, like simultaneously the most like horrifying and like if this was self-aware would be the most brilliant fucking satirical thing ever if it knew the way in which it was like really incisively pointing out what was a really overused sexist like archetype in early Gundam you know it's like one of the things we talked about a lot that like Tomino very smartly like moved away from once he got to like victory and especially turn a Gundam um, and totally, like, once he got to turn a Gundam, he moved away from this. But early Gundam is full of the, like, cyber new type Lala Soon archetype. That's way overdone. And when you have it put on display for you of all of those characters that have been killed in all of them, like, fairly similar circumstances, doing this and being sexualized for the pleasure of the male characters, it's like, oh my god, this is cutting right to the core of this like really overused trope and why it's bad, but there's no self-awareness at all about it. And it is fucking like staring into the fucking abyss of hell itself watching that sequence. I completely agree. It is so weird because at honestly, Sean, at first it didn't even quite register because everything is so stylized that I didn't pick up that they're all ghosts right away. It wasn't wow. until I realized, oh, they all have those weird little tails and then I'm like doing the mental inventory, like dead, dead, dead. Jesus Christ! I think was like my reaction was like, what? And like, the right version of this wouldn't let you be unsure. It would like put it in yes. your face and then do something with it and like end in such a way that the girls have something to say. I think, but like, it's weird. There's stuff like Puru is naked, and they're yeah. doing like the version of Puru that, like, you have Glemmy Toto, like, leering on in Double Zeta that is very creepy and intentionally in Double Zeta. Um, it's just, yeah, it's rough, it's pervy. And then it does have an absolutely insane ending where you have Shar, Amuro, and Shiriko chasing each other. The colony lands on Earth. They hold up the colony, and then it starts rolling and chasing them through various Earth landmarks where it then knocks over the Statue of Liberty... They all get knocked into space. They do a 2001 reference where mm -hmm. the colony becomes the bone. The bone falls back down on ape versions of Shar Amro and Shiriko. And then it's a Planet of the Apes reference because the Statue of Liberty is there. It is like an absolute cavalcade of sci-fi references in like 60 seconds that have nothing to do with the kind of psychosexual nightmare of the first nine minutes of this thing. Yeah, it it is like a bizarre, fraught, weird experience that has has sat with me since i watched this years ago <laughs> yes. like it's like a thing i think about every now and then is because because one of the things i think that really like drives the point home about like that all the girls on the stage are the ones that are dead is that lena uh uh judo's sister is like i think the only female character in it that is not on the stage because she doesn't <laughs> die so yes. it's like what the fuck I mean, obviously, like, like say, you know, there are other female characters in Gundam that were not killed, obviously, but none of them feature, and it's only Lena is the only one in it that yes. is not dead, just to, like, sort of drive the point home. Uh, it's fucking crazy. Yeah, because the other bit of characterization they do here that I don't think makes sense for the character is that Judo is always, like, a leering pervert in these shorts, yeah. and Lena is scolding him, 
it makes sense in the sense that Kazukiyo is funny playing that, but it's not something that I buy from Judo. It's it's a weird thing to tack on to that character who is like very noble in a lot of ways in his series, you know? Yeah, it's like, you know, because the Camille thing of where he's sort of like spaced out and kind of like almost seems like he's high. Like, it's a very dark joke, but it's a joke that comes from the show. And I agree, yes. like char- the Judo's characterization just feels like it's not really there it's not sort of based on anything one thing yeah. i do like i'll give it one joke that i do enjoy from this is i like all the puns on shiroko's name um which is the thing yes. that is consistent throughout all these i like dumb japanese puns um if you if you've watched polar bear cafe which i know you've seen some of jonathan you know the joy of just having someone list other japanese words that sound vaguely like the word they're trying to search yes. for um and doing a whole like comedy bit on it uh i like that and I wrote it in my notes. This is like Polar Bear Cafe. Yeah. There's specifically a beat with Shiriko that is just like, I could you could transplant that into the Polar If Shiriko came to Polar Bear Cafe, that's yeah. the scene that would play. Uh, and it would probably be funnier because it wouldn't be as pervy. Uh, part two of Mark Two is the Gundam Famous Scene Collection. This is great. It's like only three minutes long. This is a problem I had through most of these shorts. I think virtually all of these shorts are a few minutes too long. Yes, definitely. Like, they're almost all in the 9 to 10 minute range. Some of the later ones are in the 13 to 16 minute range. And I think like at max, they should be like a Looney Tunes cartoon, like seven minutes. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them go way too long. This one is a nice tight three minutes. And it is just a series of making puns on various titles of episodes from the first three series. And I love them. There's like judo in space. And then it's just judo floating in space choking because he can't breathe. There's Shiroko no Mei, which is the eyes of Shiroko becomes Shiroko Nome, which is drinking, and he's just drinking. You know, there's Shar no Kikan, which is Shar's return, but then Shar holds up an orange, which is a Mikan. There's just a lot of, it's yeah. dumb, but because it's three minutes of dumb, it's very funny. If they tried to do nine minutes of it, it would be intolerable. But three minutes, I like it a lot. Yeah, I, I like a lot of these. I like that, like the Shar one, and then there's an Amor one earlier, them trying to intentionally make a pun, but they're the worst puns, because it's like, doesn't really, it's not really a pun pun um and then they get very yeah. about as good i think my favorite one and this is one because jonathan you took a bunch of notes on these that you shared with me um yeah. you didn't even put my favorite one which is rue escapes which is rue lu the character from double zeta um and it's just a packet of rue the like spice ingredient for curry and it and she <laughs> like comes escaping out of it um and that's like probably the dumbest one but i think it's actually my favorite that one's great. I also love Sayonara Fa, the Goodbye Fa Jeez, episode. Good. It's Sayonara Fa, and then they do a musical chart going, Do, Re, Mi, Fa, and then the Fa note just runs away, and that's Sayonara Fa. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. Very, it's very good. Like, it just feels like a thing they came up with in about 10 minutes, but yes. it works. I also like Haman's Black Shadow. It's just a black shadow of Haman laughing, and then she yells, Daskate, save me. Yes. <laughs> so, it's cute. Part three is the Gundam Legend, which is basically, the the premise is that it's like Gundam Dragon Quest, where they're in a kingdom and they do an adventure, and you have the swordsman Amuro, the magician Camille, and the thief Judo. And I actually think there's a lot of decent stuff in this one, but it's very inconsistent, way too long, and then it has the ugliest possible ending, and is gross. Yes. This is one where, because I had remembered, this is, again, I haven't watched these in like four or five years. I remembered that one of these had the most like awful thing in it, but I couldn't remember what it was. And I knew it wasn't the dancing one. 
and I had forgotten that it was here. So, like, it hit me again, because I had forgotten that this was the one that had, like, there's, I remembered there just being vaguely, it was, like, something really gross. Um, then at the end, like, the joke is, it's this really disgustingly transphobic joke where they're trying to save this princess, and the princess is like, no, actually, I'm a man. And it's, and it's like, like, the punchline itself in any context is bad, but, like, specifically the way they do it just ratchets it up way worse. It's the most hateful fucking version of that, like, really awful um, trope I've seen. Um, like, it's just, like, so nasty, so mean-spirited. Um, and it, it just any any amount of enjoyment you could get from some of the other jokes because even the other jokes like the best joke in this is probably the like Zaku's getting drunk and it making them red is probably the yes. funniest thing in here so it's like the rest of them aren't great but then once you get this like sh fucking just terrible punchline at the end it just leaves the worst possible taste in your mouth yeah and I I don't even think we need to describe more of the joke. Yeah. It's gross. It's bad. I, I think if that is something that is a trigger for you, obviously avoid that one. It is... Because it really comes out of nowhere. And it's 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 mean-spirited in a way none of the uh -huh. other jokes in SD Gundam up to here are. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's bad. Uh, it, it, you can ignore this one pretty freely. I can't! And then we have Mobile Suit SD Gundam Counterattack. Which is maybe my favorite short of these, although you made a good case for the Gundam Pensions one, so I think I might go to that. But maybe as a second favorite, I do like this one quite a bit. It's too long, it's 12 minutes. Yeah. Um, but it has, it is very packed with jokes and characters. The basic premise is that there is, there are two schools. There is like the nice Xeon Academy, and then there is the bad boy counterattack school, where you have Amuro, Judo, and Camille as like bad kid delinquents. And that's a great premise. There's a lot of funny jokes that come from it. There's a whole running thread where Amuro is trying to get the people around Shar, namely his girlfriend, Haman Karn, uh, which I do think is funny that they pair those two up romantically uh -huh. in all the SD shorts, which is not their relationship, but that's okay. Um, he's trying to get her to realize that Shar used to be a delinquent, and delinquent Shar is just Quattro Bagina. Uh -huh. That's great. That's very inspired. I like all of that. Um, there's a lot of good Shuichi Keita and Toru Furia in this one. But best of all is there is a, like, five minutes of this thing that is underscored to Judo singing a song. And it is Kazuki Yao, uh, Kazuki Yao doing a song in Judo's voice that is so dark and weird. And I fucking laughed my ass off at it and wrote all the lyrics down because it's so weird. It, the rough English translation was, everything you believe in is useless, so throw away that useless heart. You're just a bossy, selfish, smart aleck. But once more, I want to hold you close. You wake up in a back alley. Your dreams turn to dust. You're just lost, fumbling through the darkness. Darkness. Now you're against me too. Is this my punishment? I lost my life. This town is wounded by your mundane love, and your careless gaze leaves scars in the night. Before I smash your dishes in front of you, I'll let you know my final request. I got my life. I'll let you know my final request. It's even funnier in Japanese, yeah. but like, it's fucking great. Yeah. I think the thing I like about SD Gundam Counterattack is this. So this one played in front of the first Pat Labor movie because um, all of the Mark II ones were just released as OVAs. Those were not played in front of a movie. Or it was like released as one set. That was an OVA. Um, and this is the one that I think is the most successful as a like, I can really see this playing in front of a movie. Um, yes. And just it's so high energy. It moves so well. Um, it's got the best animation. You know, it's in like widescreen and everything. Um, it like looks nice. Uh, that I could see this in that context as just being like a really kind of fun palate cleanser or something before you watch um, a movie. 
Uh, and yeah, like I don't think any of the jokes in this one super stand out to me other than Judo's song. Um, I think a lot of the jokes are like very fine standard. It's just like the overall construction of it and some of the like framing of there's a lot of cool like frames within frames because they're like intercutting between different things that are going on across the school. You also get like Christine and Bernie from um, or not, uh, War in the Pocket are in this. Uh, so there's some Megami Hayashibata. She also sang a song that's like the girls sing a song at the beginning. That's an actual... It's the, f yeah. the first lyric is, I, my, me, your steady girl. That yes. song slaps. <laughs> yes, uh, but that's a Megami Hayashibata song um, who played Christine and is like one of the biggest voice actors in the Japan. Um, yeah. So yeah, like all that stuff is just like, it's just got a really good energy and kind of construction. I think it's the most well-directed of all of them it's just I, I it's just not as funny i think as the the hotel one yeah i actually it's funny sean you reminded me uh that this aired this played before pat labor in theaters yeah. i when i showed pat labor the movie in my film class in my film club the thursday night screening i've told you guys about uh last year i wanted to show this before it because they would have known the jokes we would have seen gundam at this point um, and I could not, at that time, all I had were those VHS masters and it wasn't good enough to show in a theater. Yeah. Um, I'm glad I have these now cause this is, this is just the DVD master, but it's plenty good enough that I could have shown it. Um, it is a, it's, it would be a fun thing to watch and then watch Pat Labor the movie. It's a good, like little opening short. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of like the little Pikachu's vacation or whatever in front of like the Pokemon yeah. movie, you know, it's got that kind of energy to it. I all right, and then we get Mark Four, and I thought this was fucking terrible. <laughs> yeah, these ones are Both. not good. Tell us about what is was Mark Four in front of anything? I know it was eighty nine. Was it just no. on VHS? Okay, this was this was uh, another just like fucking raw OVA baby. They just sold this shit. Like you, you went yep. to a store and you bought it, um, or oh god, you didn't. Um, yeah. Yeah, and again, one so, of these two, which is the the wacky races one, or as they call it here, SD Gundam Crazy Races, which is a take off of a a potentially copyright violating take, uh, because of how much it is a take off of the <laughs> Hanna Barbera, the classic Hanna Barbera cartoon, uh, Wacky Races, which was popular in Japan. Like I have seen references to Wacky Races in other anime before. Um, it was called like Chiku Chiku Mo Race, which is like. Chika Chika is just like an automatopoeia. It's just kind of nonsense, but it's like fierce race or whatever, like wacky fear race or fierce race or something you might think of it as. Um, yeah. So wacky race is good, good cartoon. You know, it's probably my favorite of the Hanna-Barbera cartoons, um, which are not usually my, my cup of tea, but I remember liking wacky races. Um, this is crazy races. SD Gundam crazy races is just wacky races so much. So it has not been ever re-released. Um, and then the other one of these episodes is, the uh Myron Company space travel episode, which I think is fun in concept of having the SD Gundam characters, which in this one are just like SD Gundams. It's none none of the uh it's voice actors from Gundam shows, but they're not playing the characters, they're just playing different mobile suits. Um but they wind up in actual Gundam world with a bunch of nice looking um classic Gundam models and stuff like that that's probably the best part of it is you get some sort of traditional Gundam animation in there that looks pretty good um but the jokes are very thin let's say they're very thin this one is long it's like 15 minutes it goes on and on there's just a lot of like length between jokes that are decent um and it you'll see I don't have a lot of notes on these two Sean yeah. because there wasn't a lot that caught my eye 
I my eyes were like glazing over and crossing on the Crazy Races one. I barely made it through that one. This first one, there's some there's some funny jokes. There's the there's an old mobile suit who kept keeps huh. saying he wishes his wife could see this, and he says it about increasingly ridiculous things, and it's very funny. Um, because I think that's a good example of like a recurring joke that works because it gets sillier every time. Um, but that's about it. Uh, yeah. the, the ending with the credits, they are marching along with a bunch of dinosaurs and it's a big poppy J Brock song. Hmm. It feels like a DBZ reference to me. It feels like it is joking about like the end sequence of DBZ with Gohan and the dinosaurs and all of that. That could happen that DBZ was airing at this point. But I don't know if that's right. I could be totally off on that. I, I think that that's coincidental because I think it's like it's okay. broadly similar, but I don't think it's specifically similar enough that I feel like it's okay. just the joke that they've ended up in Dinosaur Land um, after okay. they ended up in Gundam Land. Um, but yes, I think the only thing that is particularly funny about this, I think, uh, is just the old... It's because it's a Zaku 1, which is funny. And so it's an old man <laughs> Zaku 1. And he just keeps on saying, which is, I wish, really wish I could let my, like, show my late wife this. And he keeps on saying that to more and more ridiculous stuff. But the punchline of that that is the funniest, and, you can, and it's very funny because I think it just kind of goes by very quickly and nothing draws attention to it, is at one point, like, if the ship blows up or whatever, everyone screams, and he says, like, I'm, I'm coming wife like basically like I'm going to you like I'm also yes. going to die like I'm going to heaven um it's kind of like what he says um and that is like the the one thing that is very funny I think like that character that like little punchline mostly because it just keeps on happening in the background of everything so it doesn't draw attention to it allows it to be very funny but like the main joke is like i kind of described uh mark one episode one a little bit like this it's like it's very flop sweaty it's very just like oh we gotta we gotta like come up with jokes it's like very trying hard to trying hard to come up with jokes but it just doesn't have anything so it's like this ak guy played by sushi keda who is they're trying to like sort of scam all these other characters including the new gundam that is voiced by uh Todifudia. and it's just like there's not enough references to Gundam that are funny. There's not enough specific character humor because the Shuji Keita Akai is not that funny. I think the Kubelay voiced by the actress who plays him on Karn, like has some decent lines there. She goes crazy, but there's just not much to the humor there. And so it's really just old man Zaku one who wants to show everything to his deceased wife and is just waiting to die himself so he can see her in, in mobile suit heaven. Um, which is a very dark way to frame what is a, a very funny joke. Um, and then and then seeing some actually like pretty nice animation on like some gyms and Zaku 2s and stuff when they end up in actual Gundam world. That's like the only stuff about this episode that is particularly notable to me. Yeah. I think, you know, if you cut this one in half in terms of length and put in a few more jokes, I think it could be good. It's a nice premise that I feel like in the Mark 1 days might have worked, but I don't know. It feels like we're out of gas a little bit at this point in the experiment. Yes. Um, and then then the Wacky Races one is just like completely and utterly shameless. Like, it is so... I mean, there's a reason why it was only ever released in the original VHS version. Like, it is... They, they just take the jokes from Wacky Races. And this is like a fairly common construct that other things have done. I have seen other anime do this. 
I've seen other American cartoons do the wacky racist premise, which for people who are familiar, it's just where you have your all your characters and they're in generally pairs and they've got a car and they're doing a race and wacky hijinks come about as they're trying to go about their race. And there's usually one character um, who I'm blanking on the name of like, he's got like, it's like some super like generic villain character name from original wacky races. And he's Dick got Dastardly. His, yes, yes. Dick Dastardly and his uh, dog Muttley, who has his yes. like... <laughs> super like wheezy laugh that he does um that like tries to throw a wrench in it for everybody else sometimes literally throwing a wrench into their car and like trying to destroy everything and cheat and then they usually get you know their come up at the end of the episode and so other things have done that general structure but i think there's just something about there should be so much more potential for this idea with sd gundam doing gundam specific jokes and they don't do any Gundam-specific jokes. They just feel like Hanna-Barbera jokes. And I think some of them are. I haven't seen Wacky Races since I was a kid. So I don't know if they literally stole exact jokes. But they feel like, you know, like them pulling out the plug at the bottom of the lake and it draining. That's not a Gundam reference or anything. That just feels like a joke that would happen in a Hanna-Barbera cartoon. Why yes. did you make this a Gundam thing? Well, and the, there are Gundam characters in some of the cars, but the main car we're following for most of this episode just has an alternate version, like the gun with the fucking serial number filed off of yes. Dick Dastardly and Muttley, just named something else. Well, it's, and they're it's not Yazan from Zeta and Double Zeta is the Dick Dastardly character, although I don't think it's voiced by Hochu Otsuka, who's the voice I actor who played Yazan. I don't think so, yeah. Um, because, the, because this is such a weird thing, like the credits for this don't exist anywhere, I've seen it. And then the other character he's with is a character that I couldn't remember who's in Double Zeta, and it's like another Zeon dude who is like in early Double Zeta when it's still comedic. He's just like one of the other Zeon characters that's kind of like with Yazan there, but it's not memorable. Like, it should be fucking Char in, in like, Dodin or something, you know, from, from 0079. Like, it should be a recognizable pair of villains or something and not Yazan and a dude nobody could remember for the life of him playing the villain characters. Yeah, and so it's just very generic. I didn't see Wacky Races as a kid much. I don't have much. I have, like, the broad pop culture memory of Muttley appears in a lot of things and does right. his, like... <laughs> But like I did, that was not a show I watched much as a kid. I will say, Sean, I did just learn. Did you know there was a reboot of Wacky Races in 2017 that has aired 78 episodes? I, I think I remember hearing that they were doing a new Wacky Races thing, but I didn't realize that it had a come out and two been going on for or b come out long enough that it's had that many episodes. So no. Yeah, it's on Boomerang, the the site, uh, the streaming service slash uh, 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 channel on. I haven't used the word channel a lot lately in my yes. life, Sean. It's uh, it's been a it's been a long time, but yes, um, seventy eight episodes of new Wacky Races. The original Wacky Races did less than forty, so that reboot I guess is a success. Well, they did but a yeah. bunch of spinoffs of Wacky Races with the other Wacky Races characters, yeah. like Dick Dastardly. All right, well there you go. Anything else to say about Mark Four other than don't watch it? It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the one that's the most disposable. I guess the one thing I'll say this about um, Wacky Races and I, or SD Gundam Crazy Races. I don't do this to impeach this man's good name because he worked on good stuff. Um, and this is actually something funny that I should probably make an account on this website to correct this because one of the only places I could find in the English language internet that has any credits for these is the is AnimeNewsNetwork.com. 
and they're very good about having accurate credits for even obscure things and they're wrong about this one one because they have the directors mixed up um because the director of the space travel one is tatsuro amino who is the guy who directed like mark ii and all those um and the director of the wacky races one is shinji takamatsu who we would know as the director of afterward gundam x this is like six years before he did that but technically the afterward gundam x dude did that wacky races one well i can forgive him because afterward gundam x is just that good yes i mean obviously that was a thing that probably they made in like a couple of weeks and it was just like we gotta we gotta put together another one those other se gundam things sold well enough that let's just throw it together but you can really tell they just run out of steam they're not using the characters in any interesting way um and they you know they basically stopped doing them after this other than like musha gundam and night gundam kind of became their own thing um and so then the, and that's kind of where then the sd gundam i think people generally know which is the more kid focused one and like commando gundam and all those sd gundam characters sort of start coming out of of some of the other shorts we haven't covered and that just becomes sd gundam and you generally lose this version of comedic shorts other than there are a couple things like mobile suit gundam san and some other things that are kind of four panel manga that some have have a little bit of an anime adaptation um but I think there's a lot of potential mileage in a franchise like Gundam for this concept of a bunch of like funny shorts using the characters. Um, but it just feels like they didn't quite ever nail it here outside of the hotel episode. Yeah. I will say we do get requests occasionally to review the Gundam San anime. I don't know if that's something you'd ever be interested in. Uh, that's the one that's based on the four panel yes. gag manga. Like, I think that might be a thing we do when there's it's something that's I don't know it's, it's like substantial enough to really support like a whole episode maybe yeah. when there's like a special little time to do another kind of bonus episode Mobile Suit Gundam Song might be something to cover I did watch it although again that I watched that like three or four years ago so how was it? I remember it being vaguely funny but I don't remember anything else about it I okay. remember Char well, being like weird yeah well because it's not Shuichi Keita and Toru Furia as Char and Amuro they're in it as other characters is yeah. my understanding that's sd gundam but sean we've only done 45 minutes here we gotta fill an hour because that's the fucking premise of this 10th anniversary thing man i wish you had told me to watch something else that we could talk about here luckily jonathan i did because there (gasps) oh that's right that that thing you had me watch what was it yeah so there's a dark corner of the world of gundam and that is there's an FMV Gundam video game made uh, in 1996 slash 97. Came out 96 in Japan, 97 over here. It is one of the first things adapting any uh, original Gundam material that ever came out in English. Uh, and it is a game that released on the PC, Macintosh, the Bandai Pippin. I don't know what the Bandai Pippin is, but apparently it was a video game console in Japan and on Sony PlayStation. And it is Gundam but- 0079 the war for earth the bandai pippin is when pippin from lord of the rings was uh forced into indentured servitude by the company bandai very dark period of middle earth history yeah one thing that most people don't know is that lord denethor actually is part of the u he worked for the u.s branch for bandai namco for a number number of years so no it looks like uh the, the bandai pippin was actually made by apple it was from the brief period when steve jobs was not at apple and apple made a bunch of terrible things like the newton they made this 
Uh, it was only uh, its lifespan was ninety six to ninety seven. It failed. It had an introductory price of five hundred ninety nine dollars, and it sold a total of forty two thousand units. Well, that more you know, and one of yep. one of the games released for the Bandai Pippin was Gundam 0079, The War for Earth. Uh, it was, as I said, an FMV game um, created with English language actors by an American game company called Presto Studios that no longer exists. Um, Presto did go on to make Mist Three Exile. Yes. That is their biggest, most like claim to fame. It's a pretty good game. Uh, this is not on the level of Mist Three Exile, but yeah, go ahead. Yes. So uh, we obviously we did not play Gundam 0079, uh, The War for Earth. I I gave you a link to two different videos because I realized the original one I linked to you was the English language version, which I think is by far the funniest. Um, but also, you, it is worth checking out some of the Japanese version as well. These are all things that if you want to watch stuff from this game, you can easily just Google or go onto YouTube and type in Gundam 0079, The War for Earth, playthrough, whatever. And you can see a lot of different videos. It is basically... I'll, a, in the show notes, yeah. I will put the links to the ones we watched if you want to follow along. Very good. Yeah. It's basically a Dragon Slayer type game, you know. Uh, so it's a bunch of pre-animated uh, footage and live action footage that then occasionally there will be some sort of flash on the screen indicating that you should press a button. Um, and if you don't press the button in time, the Gundam gets destroyed um, constantly. Uh, from what I understand, it is supposed to be an incredibly hard game. It is infamous in Japan amongst the Gundam fan base for a number of reasons. One of it being very hard. Two, for it being incredibly short. Uh, a complete playthrough of it takes about 30 minutes. Um, and also for having all of these American actors hamming it the fuck up and if you're watching the japanese version or played the japanese version of the game it has the original voice actors from the show playing the characters dubbing over it and if you're watching the english version you get a vintage 1997 so this is like around the time gundam wing was coming out over here i think it might be actually a little bit before gundam wing came out over here uh gundam wing was like 2000 in the states yeah. so yeah so a localization attempt of Gundam material over here in 1997 that let's say is not accurate to how people localize Gundam <laughs> over here now using similar terms to uh, some of the stuff that was done in the original English translation of the Tomino novels like Zack instead of Zaku or my favorite I think they're supposed to be saying Jean but it sounds like they're just saying John when they're talking about yes. Zeon um, and a lot of stuff like that and it is one of the funniest things in the Gundam franchise to me is the existence of this bizarre fucking game. Sean, I am fairly certain that the word surreal was coined <laughs> when a copy of this game fell out of a wormhole into the 1920s at a surrealist meeting and they weren't sure what they were all talking about until they saw... Char's non-union American equivalent in his bad cosplay being voiced over by the genuine article Shuichi Ikeda that is the most surreal thing I think I've ever seen in my life yes uh, this version of Char is infamous amongst the Japanese community as basically butt chin Char is what he's called um, and there was actually a reference to him in Gundam Build Divers that I had to quash because I remember I almost talked about it. I'm like, I can't say it yet because I haven't shown Jonathan this thing and I don't want to spoil it. Um, but in Gun and Build Divers, when they have all the like Char clone characters in that team or whatever, the guy who's dressed like Char has a massive butt chin. And this is why, because it is a running joke within the Japanese fan community about butt chin Char. Uh, and, and what I can only describe as the legendary performance by Michael Hickey 
um, who I Googled him and I have been unsuccessful in trying to find anything else he did. Um, but he is he yeah. is the reigning king of English language live action interpretations of Shara's novel, The Red Comet, as far as I'm concerned, because he is the only one to do it. I mean, basically, this is the closest we've ever gotten to a, a Hollywood version of Gundam. Um, because, you know, to be fair, the uh, Gundam movie was... The Gundam G-Savior is Canada, so, you know, yes. they, fuck them. Um, but no, this is like an American production with actors who are very much not a part of SAG-AFTRA. No. Uh, like, this is... If you have ever played one of the FMV games from the 90s, you know the kinds of acting you got. It's people who were in between porno shoots or something. I mean, it's like very... I don't want to disgrace discredit them too much, but it's not good. No. And they are all talking about stuff... You can just tell they have no idea what the words coming out of their mouths mean. They have no idea why they're wearing these silly pajamas, which is what most of the costumes look like. But what's so funny and weird and, again, surreal about it, Sean, is that it's fairly faithful to the game, uh -huh. like the show. Like, there are two characters who are just Kai Sheedan. And he's not Rio Jose in English. He is what is his name? He's Duke he's, Jose. Because he's black. He's yes. yeah. He's black, so he's Duke Jose. Everyone's favorite, like former college football coach turned sports commentator. Like that's that's got to be what that guy's day job is. Is Duke Jose? Like that is yes. the most sports commentator ass name I have ever heard in my life. But like when you. When you read, you know, watch that in Japanese, it's Kai Sh it's weird Kai Shiden guy, but then you have the actual Furukawa doing the voice. It's so weird. It's so bizarre. Um, but you have all of that. You have some other people. You have Captain Bright, but he is now named Noah Bright. Bright <laughs> is his last name now. Uh -huh. um, there's just... There's so much weird shit. Amuro is not in this because the player character is like a first-person avatar who gets in the Gundam. So you will not hear Toru Furia anywhere in here if you listen to the Japanese version. Um, but yeah, it is. And then you have Shar is the star of the show. There's a lot of stuff with Shar, including the full Garma thing, basically. Yep. Including when he reveals his plan to Garma, he monologues for a long time yes. in a very non-Shar way. You can kind of hear that Shuichi Keita, I think, is a little unsure how to play that in Japanese because Shar doesn't really monologue like that. Um, and they give all the backstory. The movie or the FMV ends with him like turning to the camera and doing a giant laugh, which uh -huh. is also funny to hear Shuichi Keita do because that's not really a Shar thing. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, no, because as you say, like one of the most bizarre things about it is it is like weirdly close to the like first 10 episodes or so of Mobile Suit Obviously, it's cutting out huge yeah. amounts of stuff. Like there's no Luna 2 or any of that. But like the broad strokes of the like Gundam going to Earth, like Garma, Garma getting betrayed by Char and then them going to Odessa. Like that's kind of what it covers. You know, there's all the stuff of like the Gundam fighting Char on re-entry and that pushing them off course into Garma's territory is like a plot point. It's just like, it is, so it's, it, that's like very specific. And there's a lot of very specific identifiable, identifiable Gundam elements, but it's covered by this like weird, like C movie, like it's not even B movie. It's C movie, it's FMV acting. It's like the hammiest shit you've ever seen with like the, the gaudiest costume, like cosplay, bad cosplay costumes. Like, you know, so if, if Gundam was popular over here, um, in the past, in like the 90s, and it was already popular, and they made a bunch of like really cheap Halloween costumes um, that you bought at the mall. That's basically what these people are wearing. 
Um, yeah, saying cosplay is mean. Yeah. Cosplay would be better than this. Like, if you had some cosplayers like make me Gundam costumes, they would make you good cos- Gundam costumes. They wouldn't make you these. Yes, like, <laughs> this this is this is like the cheapest Halloween costume you could find to be Char is basically what this is. Um, yes, and and there's one level of it that is bizarre, which is if you're doing the Japanese version, you're having Shuichi Keita trying to dub over this dude that the acting just doesn't match because the English guy is like doing this really over the top thing he's putting 110 percent of that chin into what he's how he's acting but shuji keita and shar is like a very cool calm collected character so shuji keita is trying to do his best to stay in that range even though the guy is like overacting as much as possible it is some of the funniest like dubbing i've ever seen and i'm you know a big fan of fucking kaiju movies and so i've seen a lot of bad dubbing in my yes. day um <laughs> but it's really exaggerated how different the voice is from was going on here but i think it's pushed to like the 11th degree funniest level when you're just getting the raw english voice acting because it is so just hearing these people talking about like we gotta go take out the zacks from john it's like what the fuck it's like what is the fuck is anyone talking about i mean you know we have all of our favorite characters on on white base they never saw the gundam or the white base it's just it's gundam we got to get back to White Base, um, which is very weird. And we've got Noah Bright, captain of White Base. We've got Kai Shiden, Duke Jose, and Honey Asana. Um, there's no... The blonde lady's not Sela. I don't know why. Um, but you have all of them. And then, then, like, Commander Sarah Holland. Everyone knows Commander Sarah Holland. Very memorable <laughs> character from uh, Mobile Suit Gundam. Uh, yes. And it's the most fucking fun... The, funniest thing in the world i want to read jonathan uh some of char's dialogue here because i i wrote it down when i was watching it because his monologues are the funniest things in the world so i'm going to read his his garma monologue i'm going to try to overact it appropriately to how it is done in the original um for people who who want to get a taste of this but maybe don't want to watch the whole thing although i would just recommend watching it it's super entertaining uh, but this and is do sharp. please please do the, int- the the right pronunciations right the, yes, the yes. right wrong pronunciations exactly yes. Karma, don't you know when you're finished? I have dreamed of avenging an injustice. Your father killed to become the ruler of the Duchy of John. He murdered the man who bought freedom to side three. The crime was near perfect, except Dagoon Zabby mistakenly neglected to kill Dakin's son, Casville Dakoon, the son of the true ruler of John has hidden under this metal guise for all these years. For your father's crime, I will wreck any vengeance on the whole Zabi family. And the trail of blood starts with you. It's so amazing. The pronunciations, like some of these, so it's funny, I have here, I have a copy of the original Frederick Shout translation of the Gundam novel uh-huh. um, from the like, this is from like 1990 when this came out or something, but this was before there were any official like romanizations of the words. So this is where you get like Zach instead of Zaku, you get Shah, S-H-A instead of Shar, which actually makes sense, Shah, you have, and some other ones like Bright is not, it's B-R-I-T-E is how he did it, like different things like that. Um, but I was checking, like, because I did not remember that he did Zeon wrong. It is just Z-E-O-N in this. It is not done that way. Now, the where they're getting the Jean from is that in Katakana, there is no Z, so it's a J. It's a Jeon, yeah. basically. But even in the, like, this novel, like, Frederick Schultz is like, yeah, that's not Jean. That's Zeon. <laughs> it's yeah. so 
weird that they went with that and there's the because it is every time they say jean because it sounds like they're trying to like make it like french like jean like jean of arc or something that's i know it's joan of arc but anyway um it's like but they're not they're just saying john it's very weird (laughs) it's it's you know we just gotta defeat all the the zacks from john you know it's just it it just sounds like you know, a bunch of people talking about a fucking frat party or something. I don't know, but it's like, because it's just normal yes. dude names, Zach and John. Um, I, <laughs> I think my favorite sequence in the whole thing, the one that's the funniest, most FMV game thing ever, is when Duke Jose, <laughs> when Duke Jose gets <laughs> shot down. Um, and it's just the most incredible sequence where they, uh, they did the whole, they do the whole thing where the fucking white face, or sorry, where white base not the white base where white base backs up into like a bombed out dome and like char manipulates the scenario so that they can get the drop in on garma like again it's very detailed in some of the specific things it recreates but it does all of that and then you've got the gun tank and the gun cannon coming back uh kai comes back he says like hello capitan does this mean i can finally get a vacation which is a very like bad (laughs) american movie line um, and then Duke Jose comes up in the gun cannon and he says, because I wrote down this dialogue because it's so good. He goes, hey, you guys, I'm almost in the hangar. You don't want to leave without me, do you? And then the gun cannon just gets shot with a bunch of bullets out of nowhere. And then Duke Jose's reaction is like, whoa, what in the blazes was that? Did someone just take a, a shot at me? Hey, wait, whoa, I just saw a red flash. And then there's a big explosion. He says, oh, whoa, 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 hey, oh, white base Kai Gundam. I'm under attack. And then he fucking explodes. And Kai goes, Duke, Duke, no. And it's like the most like, oh, what's, oh, did I just get shot? What is that? Oh, that's weird. It's like, Duke, you, you got to be careful. Uh, it's the it's the most underplayed reaction to anyone getting fucking murdered I have ever seen in my entire life. The most iconic death of, of classic art or one of the, the most iconic deaths, the death of Ryu Jose is recreated here in incredible detail. Uh, but now it's, it's, it's Duke Jose. Man, if they had gotten to Lala, can you imagine her death? Just Amra going, man, I, you know, I think I did something that I don't think I can take back. Golly gee, Willikers guys, that was like, rough. Oh, oh gee, I probably shouldn't have done that. Oh, well. Yeah, it's, uh. It's a hell of a thing. I do like that he is still Ryu Jose in the Japanese. They yes. just, they did not call him Duke in Japanese. It's very funny. But yeah, Duke Jose, I think, uh, I just have a, you know, Netflix is making that movie with Legendary of Gundam. If they have Ryu in that, I do want them to make him Duke Jose because that is such a great adaptation of that character. Uh, yeah, this, if you have not watched this, it is 30 minutes of entertainment. I would highly recommend it. And then maybe skip through the Japanese to see some very, very surreal stuff. But you will feel like you've stepped into a weird parallel dimension for a little bit. And it's it's uncomfortable. Yeah. One other thing, Sean. I, I gotta say, the actual CGI graphics, mm-hmm. they're surprisingly good. Yeah, for like, a game from the, on like the original PlayStation, I agree with you. Like It looks better than any of the CG in like, G-Savior, you know? I was about to say that. That the mobile suits look way better than G-Savior. And that's a fucking movie. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's a TV movie. It's not really a movie, but you get what I mean. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the the definitely the CG stuff is actually surprisingly well done. Um, and then it's just intercut with the most gloriously fucking cheesy acting you have ever seen by a dude whose mom sewed him a copy of fucking Char's uh, outfit. 